Hi there, listener. It's Matthew. You've come looking for an episode of the Children's Book Podcast, and you've found it. Hooray! But you're probably wondering why the name of the podcast has changed. After eight years of doing the Children's Book Podcast, I began a new career as head of podcasts at A Kid's Company About, where I now oversee a podcast network dedicated to producing original content that talks up to kids, centers the things going on in their world, and engages and challenges how they see the world and themselves. All of the episodes of the Children's Book Podcast are still here, but now, if you're subscribed, you'll get new episodes of Worth Noting, a kid's podcast about current events, hosted by me. Something for you and the young people in your life to enjoy together. Enjoy this episode, and I hope you'll check out Worth Noting and other podcasts from a kid's company about... Support for the Children's Book Podcast comes from Storyteller Academy. Learn the art of storytelling from published authors, illustrators, and editors at Storyteller Academy. From making picture book dummies, to character design, to their submission-ready workshop. If you are interested in writing or drawing stories for children, there is a workshop waiting for you. Sign up today at StorytellerAcademy.com. Hello? Hello, are you there? Hi, how are you? Is, who, who's this? Um, it's me and Jonah and Julia. Your name's Julia, yeah. Yeah. Oh. And when we were spooky, um, we had a wait. Um, how was your day? <laughs> Vincent, how was your day? Oh, my day's been terrific. Terrific. Oh, I've been having so much fun. How was your day? I'm good. Good, good, good. All right, do you want to say have a good interview? Have a good interview. All right, darling. Have a good night. So many of us go along through our careers, ever moving forward and on to the next thing, and then the thing after that. But have you ever stopped to fill in the gaps you might have missed along the way? This is the Children's Book Podcast, episode number 513. Today I'm welcoming Vincent X. Kirsch to talk about his newest picture book, How I Learned to Fall Out of Trees. In Vincent's story, we meet Roger and Adelia, two best friends since forever. Adelia is helping Roger learn to climb and to fall from trees, but she's also helping Roger learn how to let go and how to trust that you'll be able to pick yourself up after the fall. Adelia is moving away, and it's going to be a pretty big fall in Roger's life. Vincent's care for his characters and his approach to telling this story from two separate timelines that meet in the middle culminates in some profound moments of truth and understanding. His respect for the readers and for all it means to let go is something that I think goes right to the core, both in this story and in his upcoming From A to Z. Welcome my guest, Vincent X. Kirsch, author and illustrator of How I Learned to Fall Out of Trees. My name is Vincent X. Kirsch. And I'm a storyteller, toy maker, puppeteer, poodle wrangler, playwright, and most of all, I'm an author and illustrator of books for children of all ages. Oh man, what a tantalizing introduction. I would like to also add that you're one heck of a nice guy, um, because we came into contact just by the kindness of you reaching out and then me being aware of your work and aware of your poodles from Facebook. <laughs> oh, you, you've seen them then. 
oh, I have. Mm-hmm. I have, and my children have seen them, and I love what you have going on. I did not know, though, that you are a playwright or that you make toys. I didn't know these things about you. Correct. Well, an interesting story about the poodles. Let me just talk about the poodles for a second. So years <laughs> ago, I wrote a book called Chocolat about a little artist and a poodle, a little toy poodle. And I didn't have a toy poodle at the time. And so an editor saw the book and held on to it. And she had it for about three years. And then after three years, in the meanwhile, I had gotten a toy poodle. And I was an artist with a toy poodle. And so what happened is she called up and she said, oh, let's, let's go ahead with this book. And, uh, and she said, let's make a few changes. And at that time, I became the subject of my book. Of and so book. It, became, it became me or I became it, whichever. How about that? Yeah. Life imitates art and art imitates life yes. In, yes. in a really lived out way. Yes, yes. So that, that, was, that, was, that was quite interesting. And at the time, I, I, I didn't know how much I was going to love having poodles. So, But that's the story of Can You, Can you Find Pup, which I, I don't know if you've seen that book or not. But that's, oh, um, I have not. It's an early reader search and find book. And it's about a little artist who has this pup. And um, what he does is he draws everything but pup. And so pup runs away. And over the series of the books, you see, um, over the series of the book, you see his drawings of everything but pup. And so it's all about how he realizes that he's been ignoring his beloved pup and his pup comes home and there's a happy ending. But it's it's quite fun. It's quite fun. It was quite fun. it was great fun to work on to do the drawings of little kid. So, I love that. I'll have to look it up. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're we have a new book here that brought us together. How I learned to fall out of trees that yeah. I really adore as well. Do you want to talk a little bit about what the story is for those that haven't encountered it yet? Well, the story it's about two little two two best friends, a little girl named Adelia and her best friend, Roger. And the story centers around the fact it, it starts, it starts in the middle of, of, of a sad event. She announces to our Roger that she's going to be moving. And so she's, she happens to be up in her favorite tree. She's a tree climber. And Roger is down on the ground and she says to him, Roger, before I go, I'm going to teach you how to climb trees. And what he says is, he says, well, what if I fall? And so she says, well, I'll teach you how to fall as well. And what the book is all about is um, it's all about uh, letting go and hanging on and, and, and basically the whole losing a friend or a friend moving away as a metaphor for climbing a tree and how you have to fall and you have to come back down to earth. But what's, what's how it came to be, the story about how this book came to be is, is quite interesting. Shall I go into it? I would love that. I also first want to say that, that as you remind us, it's the letting go that's the hardest part. Mm. Mm. Um, I loved the design of this book, and I can't wait to get into that. And I love that we, we take an entire year uh, going through all four of those seasons to have Adelia prepare Roger to comfort him and to sort of prepare him for what's going to happen, but also 
I think in so many different ways, we're, we're seeing all of these different aspects of their life together and what it means to be friends with one another. And, and in doing that, I feel like you sort of pack up this imaginary suitcase of memories that are going to comfort him after she leaves as well. I, I really, I really like the, the way you handled. I, well, maybe I should say that I really like the way you cared for him just like Adelia cared for him as she was preparing to go. So yeah, I I would love to hear how this story came to be. So about two years ago, I took a break from doing books and I decided I was going to go back to school. And what I did is, as a matter of fact, and a very good friend of mine, an editor, she said to me some really wonderful advice, which has totally changed my whole career. She said, Vince, I can ask you I can put a piece of paper in front of you and say, draw an elephant with a monkey on its back in the middle of a rainstorm, let's say. And she says, and you'll sit down and you'll draw an elephant with a monkey on its back in a rainstorm, just like Vince Kirsch would draw. She said, you need to know how to do that as a writer. And she said, it's there are the rules and tools of writing. I'll never forget when she said the rules and tools of writing. And it totally made sense to me as an artist to understand that that just as I've been working as an artist for years and years and years, developing my craft, playing with materials, playing with um, paper and colors and inks and all kinds of things, and finding the perfect tools and following the perfect rules for a, a piece of art. And so, so anyhow, I went back to school. I took several online classes and I enrolled in a class at UCLA. Um, which was a picture book writing class with a woman named April Halpern Wayland. She's a poet, a picture, a young, a poet for young people. So I took this class and I took it incognito as a writer because I wanted to be taken very seriously as a writer. And so I took this class and it was a marvelous class because it was, I was basically just a writer. I wasn't a, I wasn't, a picture. I wasn't doing anything about pictures. However, in the back of my mind, of course, pictures were like lingering and, and haunting. <laughs> of course. So, yeah. <laughs> I'm an illustrator. And so what happened is one of the assignments was, she said, take a project that you worked on at one time, take a look at it, and then in under 200 words, totally turn it upside down, inside out, and redo the book. And look at it brand new with brand new set of eyes. And so I had a favorite book that I had written a couple of years ago called For Scythia and Me with Farrar Strauss Drew. And it was like 630 words, which I've, I've learned is like ridiculous. And so I typed out the manuscript and then I, I thought, OK, I want to write a book that gives you a lump in your throat at the end. And so I said, so I'm, I'm going to go back to two. I'm going to pick two memories from my childhood that stuck with me and I've never been able to quite handle. And so what I lived in a little town where people were, kids were always moving in because there, there was a factory a company town. And then they like two years later, they'd move out. So I was always making friends and losing friends and making friends and losing friends. And I said to my, my dad, who was a lawyer, I said, dad, when do we get to move to someplace exciting? And he said, well, that's not going to happen. So I had to deal with a lot of letting go as a little kid. And I also 
grew up with an older sister who loved to climb trees and was very good at it. And I hated climbing trees. I stayed in the ground. And so I picked those two, those two separate ingredients and I melded them into a book and I had no idea what it was going to be, what it was going to be about. But I just sat down in the middle where Adelia announces she's moving away and it just kind of flowed out of me. And so if you know the book for Scythia and me, you'll recognize for Scythia is Adelia and Chester is now Roger. And there's a, there's a, it's, it's like they're disguised, but I, in, in, in doing this project, I totally reinvented it. And I, when I was writing the book and I got to the end, it was, it was actually written through me because I got to the end and I wrote that last line about um, l- l- letting go is, is, um, uh, is, is not falling, is, isn't the hardest part. And I just started crying because I thought, wow, wow, I didn't know that was coming. So that's how the book came to be. And then I, as soon as I wrote it, I handed it into class and they read it in class and everyone in class was crying oh. at the end of the story, just without pictures, just the words. And I thought oh, I had succeeded. And so I told April, I said, I'm going to get this published. And she said, go for it. And so I sent it off to a couple of editors and lo and behold, um, Tamara Brazos at um, uh, Abrams spotted it and loved it as well as a few other editors. But I read about her, I read about um, Tamara, and I realized her favorite thing was to write books about friends that have an emo- has an emotional tug. And so if that was her favorite thing, this was the book for her. So we worked I on it. I love that. So, so we worked <laughs> on it. And I, I told my agent, I said, this is where it's going. And let's just go ahead and do it and get it going. And then I got to work. And what's, what's of interest is that it was almost two years to the day. I looked at my first manuscript. It was like May, the 2nd of May. And when I got the artwork back and um, was May 4th. So it was almost exactly two years from writing it to illustrating it and getting it published. And so, so I've, I've been visiting April's class almost every semester and t- keeping them updated on the progress of this book to be that came out of a class assignment. So go to school. If you don't know how to write, go to school. It's great. It's terrific. Support for the Children's Book Podcast comes from Bharat Babies. Bharat Babies produces children's books about India with a story for everyone. I've featured their books several times on the podcast, and now I've got a special offer for you, dear podcast listener. Visit bharatbabies.com and get $5 off any purchase of $19.95 or more when you use the offer code READINGISRAD. That's Bharat Babies, B-H-A-R-A-T-B-A-B-I-E-S dot com. Offer code reading is rad. That's brilliant. You took a, a book that existed and like remixed it and rethought it and mm-hmm. found a different voice in that story. And then the Tamar got to be your editor. I, I spent time with her at the writing barn um, recently. Uh, it was so great to get to know her and to to know that that connection is here yes. is really cool. I love, I love the way your words flow in this. Would you mind 
Vincent, if I read some of your story to you. Okay. Um, I'm going to hop just a little bit ahead because you already introduced um, Adelia and Roger um, having that moment of what if I fall and I'll teach you. Uh, But we continue. Adelia started collecting all the soft things she could find to climb a tree, find a branch that's not too far from the ground. She collected things we secretly discovered together. Shimmy up the trunk and don't turn back. She collected things we used to make forts. Reach out and grab hold of the branch. I want to stop there um, hmm. because I, I I think that that gives a really good sense of the structure of your story, that we have these two voices, but the one is told in past tense. It's Roger remembering mm-hmm. what his friend taught him. And the other is in present. Adelia saying, okay, this is what you do now. Hmm. And so we get sort of this hopping back and forth. And in that way, I think we, we know that Roger is okay. Mm-hmm. But I like that as you do this too, the, the way you have designed your book is such that the, the memory that Roger is sharing, you've made these frames of the objects that, well, of the objects that she's speaking of, but also of the objects that remind Roger of this moment with Adelia, of these moments of being taught how to climb a tree. And I just found the design of them to be so beautiful. And 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 what a neat way to carry over across the page, this memory into the the event that happened, to go, in fact, into Roger's memory of Adelia saying these things. Thank you. That, 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 that's, that's a nice way of looking at it. I totally didn't notice the, um, that, that it's, it's past tense in his, in his voice and it's present in hers. That, that, that's, that's a good observation. That's a, and that, that almost makes it where he, he gets caught, he catches up to her in the present by simply, yeah. by simply letting go. He catches yeah. up to her. I love that. Yeah. Your illustrations, you're using an ink pen, right? With watercolor? Yes, it's it's an ink pen and then I use um wash, watercolor wash, and my new favorite thing, uh Dr. Martin inks. Oh, I've get... heard about Dr. Martin inks. Oh my gosh, they're fabulous. <laughs> I'm oh. not an illustrator, but I've spoken to enough illustrators that that rave about them. <laughs> well, the great thing about them is so years ago I went to India. And I fell in love with the colors of India, which are the most saturated, intense colors you have ever seen in your life, like like deeper and richer than any color you've ever seen. And I came back and, of course, I want I wanted to paint it what I saw. And all of my colors look very faded and dull. And so I went to the art supply store and I and I showed them a photograph and I said, this is India. How do I get these colors and the the the, the art? shop person said oh try these and ever since then that's what i've been using and um it's how i can get like for example um roger's scarf is like is like an indian colored scarf and so yes dr martin inks are Uh, my favorite thing and and also are you am i am i right in observing that you're collaging some of these pieces as well as well it felt like some of the things that made the frame around the text in Roger's memory then appear to be, they appear to be layered on top of your illustrations on in that memory with Adelia. I was noticing um, 
mushrooms and noticing leaves and noticing feathers that just appear to have a, a little hint of a shadow around them. Yes. Well, I, 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 I don't know if, um, I have a mania for cutting, cutting things out of paper with an exacto knife. Really? And, oh, oh yes. Oh yes. I've been doing it. I, I've been doing it for years and years and years. That's how I did make my toy theaters. I cut out these tiny little characters and I give them all that cut edge. I love the edge. I love seeing a, a, a three-dimensional, like a, like a collage of something on it. But um, yes, so I did cut out all of these objects and pasted them, pasted them down, which is something I love to do. It brings me great joy. I, years ago, I did a book called Gingerbread for Liberty, and I did the entire yes. book in gingerbread cookies. And so I had to cut out all these gingerbread cookies, and it was pure heaven. Pure heaven. Pure heaven. I love to hear you say, because sometimes when artists try, I don't know, this sounds like it wasn't a different style for you, um, rather than just to go like all in and do it. And that book, by the way, was part of our um, our Black Eyed Susan Book Award. It was part of our State Book Award. Uh, we read it to all of the children in my school, which is a cool thing to be reading uh, a book to so many children. But to have it be a, a an approach to the art that you love so much, that you delight in yeah. so much, is really cool to hear that. I had so much fun doing that book. I mean, that was that was the first book that I really did. I brought back my cutouts in, and it was just it was just bliss, total bliss, um, doing gingerbread cookies, <laughs> and it was it was great fun, and it worked for the book, worked for the book, so. It was a great success. That, that's kind of how I work. I look at every project as a um, interpreting it. So, so for years I was an illustrator, and it was a problem because I would do every illustration in a different style. And there were a few things that were similar, like my line quality has remained consistent, my use of cut edges has remained consistent. But I I like to interpret um, interpret each project. So it looks new and it looks fresh and it's, it's, it's not so terribly good for branding, but it sure is fun <laughs> as an artist. Well, I think it gives a pretty strong voice to your art. And I, I like that. I, that I know your art from its voice. I think that that's a nice thing. Mm -hmm. And I love too uh, having known some of your earlier, when I first um, became familiar with you, when we first were in contact, um, I was seeing some of your earlier work and to know that those colors have, have made uh, an impression on your heart in such a way that they'll just be there, I think also gives a neat story to your voice as an illustrator and in the way that it's been recognizable, but that there are these little tweaks, these little influences that happen that, that change your voice in that little way. Mm-hmm. I like that. That's cool. Wait, so now that you've taken these writing classes and done this work as a writer, does that has that changed the way that you approach storytelling? Like, are you, I don't know, now writing story first where before maybe you were leading with illustration or has, maybe it hasn't changed your process at all? Oh, it, it's changed my process immensely. And I don't think that I will ever go back. Well, what happened just recently is I just signed... Um, my first book that was totally based on the manuscript and no, no images the, 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 well, there were images, of course, they wanted to see 
how I would interpret this book, but it was it got in the door entirely on the words. And I was so proud of that, that I was able to become a writer and then think of think of a, a book as a writer. And, and as a writer, what you you look at. Uh, so so you wear a different hat from the illustrator, but being that I'm under the same hat as an illustrator, what you do is you realize you don't have to say that much. Um, because you're going to fill it all in with pictures and you're going to replace what you're, what you said with an image. So you, all you have to do is just put down what's essential. And so, for example, like in how I learned to fall out of trees, it doesn't say she gathered, it doesn't say all the things she gathered, like sweaters and socks and hats and mittens. It just says things that we collected. So I learned how to, like, I'll show it so I don't have to say it. And so that totally changed. So all of my earlier books, I was redundant in what I said and showed. And so now I freed myself up. And also taking a class from a poetry teacher, I write my manuscripts as poetry and I see it as a visual poem. And then I, and then much later I start, you know, I start breaking it down over the pages. So I've, I've I've become a, 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 a poet, <laughs> illustrator, um, author. So it's, it's been oh, great. Oh, I love, I love that yeah, amalgamation. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, I, I do, I really do think that it was the best thing that I ever did was going back to school and starting all over again. And, um, I, and I, I really recommend it for if, if there are, if there are people that are like illustrators that are, are, are finding that their strength is illustration and they want to be. They want to write a really good book. Take a class. Um, go at SCBWI. Take a workshop. Um, push yourself as a writer. And so, a funny story about that class that I took was I was in the class incognito as a writer, Vincent X Kirsch writer. And so, what happened is April one on one of the classes, she brought in my book No Webster and His Words. And so she brought it in and she set it up on the counter. She said, over here on the counter are a few books that I think are really interesting in how the words work with the images. And so I saw it was my book and I thought, that's, that's really neat. And so at the end of the class, I went, up, I went up to April and I said, so April, would you like me to sign Noah Webster for you? And she said, why? And I said, because I illustrated it. She said, you did what? And she went over and she looked and there was my name, Vincent X. Kirsch. And so then I was outed as a illustrator. And from then on, it changed the dynamic and I was no longer incognito. But it happened that's great that enough. she didn't know. Yeah, that's so wonderful that she brought in this book that she wanted to brag about and had no idea that it was you. I know. I, I mean, I was totally honored. I mean, it was totally honest. Her, her opinion, like, like it would have been interesting. She said, the, the illustrations are horrible, but the text is beautiful. <laughs> Then I, I would not have signed it, believe me. <laughs> well, the book you had had mentioned earlier, this upcoming story that that you sold, sounds like primarily on manuscript or on 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 poem manuscript was from A to Z, and I feel really grateful, honored that you shared your manuscript with me, and it's 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 beautiful. When remind me when is it slated to come out? It's coming out next fall. Uh, it's with Abrams, and um, it's it's again it's a book that comes from the heart, 
and um, it comes from the, it, it's a it's a celebrate. I wanted to I wanted to write a book. Should I talk a little bit about it? I would love. I mean, if you don't, I'm definitely going to. So so <laughs> let's both. So, Go ahead. So, so, let me let me start with what I what I want to do is I I I've seen um I've seen a lot of books about being young and being gay and um loving someone. Well, I've seen books of but they're also sad and tortured and they're also um like like forlorn and and oh isn't it a pity kind of thing. I wanted to write a book that was just a a a body celebration of two boys who happened to be in love with each other. And so what I had what one night so I had written this book a long long time ago and I had given it to my agent and she kind of gave it back to me and she said oh I don't think this is going to work and so she's I can't imagine there's much of a marketplace for this kind of book so I put it back in my files and then one night I went to a theater production about Peter Ilyich Tchaikovsky and it was all, and they talked about his these letters that he had written to um his this, his someone he was in love with that got destroyed and so I went home and I said, darn, I want to, I've got that story about two little boys who love each other and they, they, they're trying to write a love letter to each other and they can't get it right. I said, I've, I've got to resend that. So I went home, edited the text under 200, under 300 words. And so I, lo and behold, had a picture book that was like a celebration where everybody knows and it's okay with everybody, but the two main characters just can't say it. And so, (laughs) and it's just, it's just a celebration. And um, I loved, I loved what my um, Courtney code is the um, editor on it. And when she wrote, she said, if, if I had had this book when I was growing up, it would have been a game changer. And so I, I'm thinking that if I just get, give a feeling like I'm perfectly fine and I can love whoever I want, I will have contributed to the world and I will have done a marvelous thing, I think. So this book is for all of those. It's going to, it's going to be a celebration and it's happy and it's up, upbeat and there's nothing sad and miserable about it. So that's love. I, yeah, I, you know, I, I'm there with Courtney. I, I felt that same feeling of wishing it was something that I had as a child, but how grateful as a librarian, I feel that, I'll be able to have it in libraries and read it to children. I loved the tension in the story and I won't give too much away, but that we have these two, well, we have one boy writing to another, um, end up being two boys writing to each other. Um, this trying to express, find the right words to express love. But in these three different attempts, uh, the tension that you give with, with, what could potentially happen when someone else finds the note that isn't that right. isn't the Z we intended to send the letter to is so wonderful. That that made me like, oh my God, he's gonna be found out. I know what this means. This is gonna be awful. And you just, as you said, you mm-hmm. you greeted that tension with love. And I I, I just I it it yeah. it's everything. It's beautiful. I I cannot wait. And it, yeah. there's illustrations that are going to be on it. I just read the words and how poetic Thank it was. Thank so Thank you. bravo you. Mm. I I've so much enjoyed 
my time with you tonight, Vincent. I feel like we've talked about everything and yet there's still so much more to talk about. So I, I hope that this won't be the last time we sit down to talk. I have a feeling it won't be. But I I want to um, thank you for the time we spent together. Thank you for sharing all that you did about your process and and growing as a writer and investing in your future in that way. Were there any other things before we go that, that we didn't bring up that you want to make hmm. sure that listeners get to hear before we before we head to that <laughs> that question about my students? I, I just want to make sure that we didn't go. I felt like the what, time went what, so fast. I, what I, I, make sure want, I, to, what I would want to say is that th- this is a, a magical world that um, we're in as, as picture book people, as readers, as librarians, as editors. It's a magical world. And with that, one has to be really patient because it, it took me over 25 years to get my first book. And I thought for certain that um, I would never do it. And I gave up at, at one point. I said, okay, well, all of my friends will be picture book illustrators. And what I, what I want to say is that when, it, when, you, when you finally succeed, you, you'll realize that, that it, happens, it happens by a combination of magic and work. But the magic is in the joy of doing the work. So I always tell people, stick with it. If you love it, it'll, it'll, something will come of it. You don't know what. So I, I, I'm, I'm the poster child for perseverance and, and sticking with it and, and loving what you do and finding and, and, and just stay, you know, entering the world of, of magic. Well, our readers, our readers are very, very lucky to have you in our world, as are all of us to learn from you through that experience. I love the magic is in the joy of doing the work. Oh, there's a puppy. All right. Well, I'm going to let you get to your puppies and get back to your husband. But I do first want to turn our attention to my students. Vincent, I will see a library full of children tomorrow morning. Is there a message that I can bring to them from you? thought about it. And I would say to them that I want them to know to be brave. If something you can, if something excites you, if something intrigues you, if something scares you even, give it a try. Do it and do it fearlessly because chances are that there's a great lesson in doing something new and unknown and you don't know what the lesson will be, but it's the being scared of something, being anxious and being like fearful that, that you have to venture into it. And it's been something that, that no one ever told me when I was little, like, be afraid and, and see what's on the other side of that fear. But that's what I would like to share with your, with your little readers. Hi there. This is Haley Barrett, author of Baby Moon, What Miss Mitchell Saw, and Girl versus Squirrel. The Children's Book Podcast is recorded and produced by Matthew Winner in his library studio in Ellicott City, Maryland. You can subscribe to the podcast and access the archive of over 400 episodes at matthewcwinner.com slash podcast. Our theme music is by Poddington Bear, care of the Free Music Archive. 
All views and opinions expressed on the show are those of the individuals and do not reflect ideas or viewpoints of the publishers of the books referenced. Want to help out the show? Writing a review on iTunes or sharing the podcast with friends through Facebook, Twitter, word of mouth, or any other means helps reach more listeners, which leads to more content and more amazing guests. And that's a very good thing indeed. Before we leave, I want to give a shout out to all of my patrons, those folks who are supporting the podcast and keeping the lights on care of our Patreon page. Thank you, Jenny, Sue, Amy, Sarah, Kate, Lisa, Darshna, Marianne, Jarrett, Anitra, Mike, Lynn, Link, Corina, Cynthia, Elaine, Doug, Judy, Amanda, Ruth, Laura, Teresa, and others who are coming with me on this journey. You're welcome to come with us, too. Just visit patreon.com slash Matthew C. Winner and pick the support tier that's right for you. Teamwork makes the dream work, and each of you are helping to provide the tools necessary to make this podcast even greater. Thank you. We know you value what you put in front of your kids, especially when it comes to screens and podcasts. That's why we're excited to share a new podcast from our friends at Sleepiest, creating bedtime stories to help your kids fall asleep fast. Hello, Abby here. If you've got children and find bedtimes a struggle, I'd like to tell you about Coco Sleep, a children's story podcast designed to make bedtime a dream. Coco Sleep turns a chaotic bedtime into cozy bonding time. The stories are delivered in a pace that gently slows. Rumour has it that no one's ever heard an ending. So search Coco Sleep on your favourite podcast app and let's make bedtime a dream. That's K-O-K-O Sleep and I'll see you there.